and Carrie, the show where we don't just talk about fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And in this episode, we'll look deep beneath our skin, into our very genetic makeup, and see exactly what makes Carrie so messed up. Why is Ross such a blithering dummy? And why is Carrie such an uptight a-hole? We'll find out the answer as we explore the world of genotyping. Genotyping! <laughs> You're excited about it. Yeah, who wouldn't be? This is like the future. Where's my hoverboard? Is it the future? Do you think this is what is? uh, Do you think everyone will get genotyped in the future? Yeah. 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 Maybe every rich person, Ross. Well, no, it's getting cheaper all the time. Yeah. Uh, Did you think they'll genotype people in like the developing world? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I think they will. (laughs) Feeling pretty unequivocal about this. At some point, it it will be, I think, pretty uh, cheap and easy just to, yeah, 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 on your smartphone. There was probably a time when people were talking about vaccines and they were like, oh, sure. One day, I'm sure everyone will be able to have a vaccine. Okay. Right. And then they did. Yeah. I I think we are rapidly approaching that. For example, Carrie. Oh, God. For example, what, what test did we use to check our gene sequences. We used a service called 23andMe. And from what I understand, it used to be $200 per person. Ah, it used to be $300. See? Yep. It's coming down all it's the time. It's coming down. It's true. Okay, so what exactly is genotyping, Ross? That is where you send in some of your genetic information, cheek swabs or spit or something like that, and they look at the gene pairings that make up your genetic information. And uh, as we all know, we each have uh, 23 chromosomes as humans and within those we have approximately three billion pairings so that's a lot of information that makes you or me or any die what what is that called it's not binary it's sort of like a digital format almost but with four characters instead of two quadrinary if you have four yeah tetranary Binary doesn't just mean that you have two options. It's that like you have two that are multiplying each other. It's the number of the base in the number system. So like we're used to decimal, the base 10. But yeah, binary is base 2. Someone's going to tell us. We could look it up, but no, we're just going to throw it out there. (laughs) So genotyping is different from sequencing, right? So in sequencing, they look at every piece of DNA in a person's genome, which is what they did with like the Human Genome Project. Exactly, which costs a lot of money and now is much cheaper to do that sort of complete genotyping yeah and that's why our test was so cheap because they're only looking at like a i think a million pairs ones that tend to separate people into certain haplogroups really common groups of ancestry and that helps them for diagnostics to figure out kind of where you fit in in terms of medical history and all that kind of stuff right so your your traits your likelihood of getting certain diseases right and they're not focusing on all the stuff that most of us have have in common or that don't encode as proteins or aren't particularly relevant so yeah it makes it faster and cheaper makes sense so a service like 23andme will do this for about a hundred dollars ours was 99 although well the ticket price is 99 dollars. but i think we got out of there for 108 yeah you need to pay tax or something 108.95 okay that's what it's gonna cost you and you can choose to share your information with the world or not you can keep it all private right and they're anonymizing your data but yeah it gets pulled into a large database which can help them better understand trends and 
the more people that do it, the more accurate it becomes for everybody. And you can non-animize it if you want to, because you can hook up with your relatives and things, and then you can yes. tell them your identity. Yes. That's a thing you want to do. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. And of course, all these companies say they won't disclose your information to people like employers or healthcare providers. Right. There are disclaimers everywhere. Mm -hmm. They're very careful about that because people are, you know, rightfully concerned about where this information is going and what it's doing. There's a lot of reading material here. And a lot of people that I ran into when I said I was doing this, people who had written reviews online and just people in my personal life were like, oh, I would never do that just because of the risk of that information getting out there. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, some people are like really uh, paranoid about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I say paranoid. Maybe they're cautious. Right. Yeah. A lot um, of people. But I, I guess worried about that for sure. Yeah. We're not in the business of being overly worried about such things or we wouldn't have this podcast. <laughs> yeah. True. Although this may be an instance where we can't entirely show up for you. We have no idea what your gene sequencing would be. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Don't expect to listen to this podcast and find out about your, your risk factors. Risk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So how did we do this, Carrie? How did, what happened? All right. So we decided to use the service 23andMe, which can be found at 23andMe.com to get ourselves genotyped. 23andMe offers information about your risks of various diseases, family history, carrier status, drug response, and physical traits. So Ross, what's wrong with you? First of all, let's talk about how uh, I got my information. So when you sign up for this and pay the $108.95, they send you a box in the mail and it's got all these very clear instructions, just in case you're not that smart. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very redundant. Perfect for you. Thank you. And... uh, and it, there's like this long plastic vial. We'll we'll include pictures, and you just spit into it continuously. Mm-hmm. And you know, I always it needs a lot of spit. Too. I know it's like I, I thought I was a wellspring of spit, and I was like <laughs> having to work it up after a while. Like okay, I'm trying to get enough spit, but yeah, you fill it up to this line, and then you you have the seal, you close it, and then you just mail it back to them in the package. Oh, well, and it's pretty exciting when you close the seal; it releases this other salty fluid, fluid into yeah. the spit. Right. It doesn't add information to your spit, obviously. Right. But somehow, I don't know, preserves it preserves or something? Preserves it, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, you like kind of tip it over a few times like, okay, it's mixed up. Here you go. Yeah, it's very And you fancy. send them your spit. And uh, and then you get emails. You know, they very excitedly say, hooray, we your received. Your spit's here. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and then they send you another email when your information is available. And which- I really... Takes like what six to eight weeks. Six. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was about eight weeks. I really like also how on Twenty Three and Me's site they don't mince words about it. They say step number one, spit. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Expectorate. The They're not trying not, to like you know. Yeah, not send us your sample. They're like spit, <laughs> spit into this tube. We appreciate that. When you send off your data, they give you a barcode, and you're putting that into the website, and you're setting up an account for yourself. So you already have an identity with their site. And then when, hooray, you have the results ready, they don't mail anything back to you. You just log in and you can check out all your risk factors and traits and family heritage and that kind of stuff. So what's that? You want to know what's wrong with me? Yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? Okay. How did you get like this? Let's see if I can be more specific about that. Okay. Disease risk. So the website breaks down into a number of categories the main two branches are my health and my ancestry. And they seem to realize that people are going to be pretty nervous. Or some people will be very nervous about knowing this information. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't want to know the probability. Mm-hmm. 
And so you have to kind of click through and say, yes, reveal this to me, especially for some things like cancer and Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. They they rate it by confidence level. So I'm going to read off the top of the most confidence here. Four stars confidence level. I have increased risk of prostate cancer. Okay. I think I have zero risk of that. Yes. <laughs> you dodged that bullet. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something I was already pretty darn aware of because um, it's saying here the average risk is 17.8%. My risk is 25.7%. Okay. And my 40% father... increase or so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they even say that 1.44x of the, the average risk there. And uh, yeah, my dad just... Uh, went through surgery for prostate cancer. So, oh, okay. So, yep. There you go. Uh, hit, I guess. Uh, Alzheimer's disease, uh, the average risk is 7.2%. Mine is 14.2%. So two times the average risk okay. of uh, Alzheimer's. Though that's still a fairly low risk of this happening in your life, but... Right, yeah. When you think, you know, oh, there's a 14% chance I'm about to get hit in the head, you know, you're slightly mm-hmm. less worried than you could be. Right. But, yep, that's a little concerning there. Colorectal cancer, uh, 7.1% is my risk. The average is 5.6, so uh, 27% increased risk. And uh, I think that's what my grandma had. So, yeah, okay, sounds about right. And then restless leg syndrome. Mm-hmm. They said my risk is 2.5% as opposed to the average risk of 2.0%. Okay. Uh, now, now, you said... That yours indicated restless leg syndrome. It did. Well, we'll get to all my oh, okay. we'll rankings get to in a second. What's but yes, that is you. true. I did. Okay, I want to know more well. about this in a minute. Yeah. But, so all of these things are kind of things that may affect me in the offing that I need to worry about. And then there's a number of three-star items, quite a few, and then a few two-stars. So they, they let you know when they're not very sure. And then you can click into those to find out about alcohol dependence or asthma or alopecia areata, various mm-hmm. other things. Schizophrenia. Do you have an increased risk of schizophrenia? Let's find out. I'm going to click schizo. Oh, yeah, it's increased. It's got the little red up arrow. That oh, means increased. And scoliosis. Yes. Oh, that's true. It's in that category. So I have an increased risk of schizophrenia, except it's low certainty or relatively low certainty. Okay, so I have the genotype CT, which means slightly higher odds of schizophrenia. Uh-oh. 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 Okay. Okay, well, don't get a cat. Oh, you have a cat. Oh, you just got a cat. That's right. You're almost surely going to get schizophrenia now. Science. Oh, bother. That's only if I, like, lick her poop, right? No. (laughs) So I'm not going to do that. Wouldn't that be amazing if they were like, science has determined that all people with schizophrenia once licked a cat's ass. That would be awesome. <laughs> no, but just being around her, it is it is uh, fecal bacteria, but it ends up on various things. That... Okay. Yeah, this is a very long list with little red arrows, but that can be anything from a you know 200% increase of a very small percentage to a 0.2% increase. Sure. Anything that's above. So then I have... A category of decreased risk. All right. And I like that the increased risk is all red and, and terrible looking. Mm-hmm. Decreased and risk at the top. is green. And I've got all these high certainty things that show I have a decreased risk of venous thromboembolism. Oh, hooray. What's that? I don't know. I could, okay. I, and, but you could click on the link and find out all about it. And you know what? Now that you've asked, it encompasses two related conditions. The first, deep vein thrombosis. I've heard of that. The, have you? 
The formation of a blood clot in a vein deep within the body. Oh, usually. let's not talk about blood clots. It'll make me faint. But okay, good. Okay, You're not going to get one. Great. All right. But yeah, it, every single one of these items on this long list has a very detailed page with pictures and everything. Okay. So cool. uh, decreased risk of psoriasis. Okay, great. My wife has that. Oh, okay. I want to make her take this now so I can, you know. Definitely. See how she matches up. Age-related macular degeneration. I'm happy to hear about that. Decreased risk. And again, these are all probability scales. So, you know, I could still get any one of these. Melanoma, type 1 diabetes, uh, stomach cancer, celiac disease, and Crohn's disease. All right. Yay. All good. All good. Well, glad to hear it. All good. With this particular section of the site, it tells you your risks for diseases and that if we rely and assume that it's accurate, Mm -hmm. that could be very helpful as long as you don't say, oh, I have a decreased risk of X. I'm just going to start smoking. But we can't really tell if it's a hit or a miss, right? But there is a section where we can tell if they're hits or misses. Why don't you tell us about that? We could tell if it was a hit or a miss if I already had one of those conditions. But right, I don't. But yes, there is a section called traits. And so it uses your genetic markers to guess at certain traits that you may have. So uh, the high level of confidence part of the list here, the four stars, they feel that uh, alcohol flush reaction is a negative in me. I do not flush at alcohol. So is that true? Correct. Okay, hit. Ding, ding, ding. Bitter taste reception. They say I can taste bitterness. Can you? I can. Ding. I taste a little bit in your voice. Oh, no, I can taste it too, so I don't feel bitter. Gotcha. Earwax type, wet. Well, I have no idea what that means. Really? Yeah. What, well, what? so there are two types of earwax. There's the wet kind that's kind of sticky, okay. and then there's the kind that's dry and crumbly. Oh, mine is sticky. Ding. Ding. Okay. Eye color likely brown. Ding. Yeah, brown. I'm looking at them. That's right. Uh, hair curl straighter hair on average. Straight as an arrow. Ding. Ding. Oh yeah, no curl here. Lactose intolerance likely intolerant. You know. What? Yeah, I don't think so. No. I, I can handle dairy. Okay. So. All right. So that's one against. Five, four, one against. Malaria resistance. Uh, not resistant. Have you resisted malaria before? <laughs> That's far. Yeah, there's no way to tell on well, that one. Okay. Oh, oh. Male pattern baldness, decreased odds. Yeah, and you have a pretty full head of hair, but you're only, what, 30? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's time for me to lose We'll throw it all. that out, too. Yeah, yeah. Muscle performance. Likely sprinter. Are you a sprinter? Well, I like to run. I'm a runner. I don't know what that I think means. that means whether you like to run short periods at high exertion or you like to run long periods at lower exertion. Oh, you know what? Well, then that's wrong because I run the longer periods at, okay. you know, like I do cross country and that okay. kind of stuff. Maybe okay. two against if I even understand. Or maybe category. I'm just not living up to my potential. Maybe. With my sh- short legs. Okay, what else? Any one of these I could click on and read a lot about and find out exactly what they're saying, but then I put Carrie to sleep and I don't want to do that. I should mention too, they keep talking about SNPs. They uh, are analyzing your SNPs which are little two-code gene locations. A little piece of your DNA. Those are single nucleotide polymorphisms. So that's where they're looking at this particular group that in some, for example, on this one, some people would have GG, as Mm -hmm. I do at that location. Others would have AG, and others would have AA, and they tend to suggest various things. So I have the GG when it comes to the Diego blood group. And I'm still not getting what that means about me. Uh, I think that was all the interesting stuff for my traits. Okay, cool. Oh, smoking behavior? Typical. I don't smoke. Typical. All right. Do you have a question for me, Ross? All right, Carrie. We've uh, we've opened me up to the public here. What's wrong with you? Okay. 
So as far as risks of diseases go, like you, I have a very high risk of Alzheimer's, almost double the average risk. And my grandmother died of that. So Uh no huge surprise. I have, did you not have an increased risk of type 2 diabetes? Not that it said. I have a huge one. I have a 63% increased risk of type 2 diabetes. Now I must say I'm not terribly worried about this because of my diet. your diet, right. Yeah, but genetically speaking. Uh, 67% increased risk of colorectal cancer, Mm. also much higher in meat eaters, so again, not too worried. 24% increased risk of restless leg syndrome, which is a thing that I have. Okay, tell me about that. What is restless leg syndrome? Oh my God, it's the worst thing. (laughs) It's where, uh, for me, I don't know about other people, but for me, as I start to get really tired, Mm -hmm. if I continue to be awake, for whatever reason that is, I have insomnia or I'm keeping myself awake or whatever... Um, my legs start to feel like I need to run in place or they just like, there's just like excruciating pain. Whoa. And so sometimes I'll just get up and just start running in place even though I'm exhausted. It's awful. That's horrible. Yeah. There oh are medications God. for it. Wow. Yeah. Um, and th- this was like, they said amongst Europeans, it's something like 4% or it was okay. smaller than that. Yeah. I don't think it's terribly, terribly it was like common. It was like 2%, but mine was increased risk. Mm. But I didn't even know what this thing was. Now, no, I, will, I will on occasion like kick out while I'm sleeping because oh, I'll yeah. like, mm-hmm. be nodding off. But but it's not like Yeah, that's not the same thing. I do do that too, but no, that's not the same thing. Okay. Um, yeah, this, uh, my boyfriend really really loves because we'll be watching a, a movie late at night and I'll be like, I have to get up and start running. <laughs> like start running in place while we're watching had, a movie. Had you ever heard of this before? Yeah, yeah. He knew what restless legs and remorse. Okay. You're the odd man out here. All right. Okay, I have an increased risk of hypothyroidism and ovarian cancer, both of which my mother has had, so that makes sense. Okay. Um, I have a reduced risk of OCD, which oh. is interesting because I am a notorious checker of things like my stove. Uh-huh. Reduced risk of all sorts of things I don't want, like um, arthritis, lupus, Parkinson's, sweet. Typical risk of schizophrenia, so you can go down that path by yourself. (laughs) Typical risk of Tourette's. All right. Okay. (laughs) You might disagree. Typical. Well, that just means you're in line with the rest of (laughs) the population. Whatever. I am carrying the alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency gene, which just means that I, I won't get it, but I could pass it to my kids. Oh, that, yeah. That particular the, And thing. that's a good point. There's a whole separate section for things that you carry. Yep. Even if they don't. Not. Affect your own likelihood. Exactly. Yep. So, um, and that can give someone lung problems. I'm also carrying the hemochromatosis gene, which creates excess iron in the blood. But I don't plan on giving my genes to anybody. So that's kind of irrelevant. There you go. The buck stops there. Now, as far as traits go, I have to say it was pretty good. It guessed. That I would have blonde hair. Yeah. You're not making the dinging noise, Ross. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Ding. Excellent. It said that I would probably have brown eyes. Ding. It said that I would have straight hair. Ding. You're very straight. Very straight. That I would be thinner than average. Ding. Sure. And average to thin. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... That I was likely to have a high IQ, Ross. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? Ding. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I'm not going to insult you like you insult me all the time. <laughs> oh, do I? That's how we started this whole episode. You called me a dummy. You, well, you called me an a-hole. You wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, Ross. Yes. Um, how did you feel learning about your risks and your carrier status and other surprising information about your genome? You know, geez, 
I mean, statistical understanding, like having an idea of how numbers work is kind of important for people who are going to be looking at this yeah. kind of information. Mm -hmm. So yeah, none, none of it really concerns me one way or the other. I, you know, though, I guess when I see like a decreased risk of certain things that I don't want, I go like, woohoo. Mm -hmm. And then when I see the increased risk, I, you know. You say boohoo. Yeah, I do say boohoo, but I also temper that with an understanding of, you know, we're still talking much less than 50% right. or something like that. I, it's very interesting to me. I find this all extremely fascinating, but got to take it with that. Grain of salt isn't the right term, but just understanding that these are all uh, statistical probabilities that fall on a bell curve, mm -hmm. you know, not not take them too much to heart. How about you, Carrie? What is your reaction? Yeah, it didn't freak me out at all. I was surprised by one or two things, and I was sad to see like things like Alzheimer's, like a little sad, but not. I wasn't too surprised by them because I already knew they were in my family, you know. Mm. Um, but, and now when people are like, you're so OCD, you can't say, you know, oh, well, it's my genes. <laughs> right. True. True. I can blame it on. I can blame it on my parents. There you go. Yeah. Plenty of things left to blame in the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, it didn't freak me out really at all. I didn't um, think about it much that day other than to talk to people about how cool it is that you can look all this stuff up. Yeah. This is pretty. This is pretty awesome. It's yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really neat. And Space age. I talked to a geneticist who we're actually going to interview for the interview episode this month. Awesome. She felt pretty strongly that there are some things that they really shouldn't share with the public. So I'm very interested to talk to her about oh. that when, when she joins us. Okay. Yeah, some of the things, like, they didn't even tell me my risk yet, but they just said, if you want to know about mm -hmm. Alzheimer's and right. a particular form of cancer as well. Like right, I you had to, to click through. Yeah, like mm -hmm. a couple different screens, read all about it first, and then you click that you want it, and then you read all the things that you're right. kind of signing on to and how to put it in perspective. Right. So they, they were abundantly careful about that. Yeah, I felt that way too, and I wasn't bothered at all, but she um, does this sort of counseling all the time and felt pretty strongly, so okay. interested to talk to her about that. Oh, did you notice, like, when you first log into the website, they, they have all the different groups and categories and stuff but they, they'll have like these little ads that pop up for various things i i couldn't stop clicking on those first one of them was saying that the age of your father when you were born might have or conceived i guess uh could have affected the number of mutations in your genome so hmm. I, I guess on average we have like 200 to 300 mutations that happen mm -hmm. with each generation but it was interesting i put in you know my dad was 34 when i was born and they said ah oh, that would add like an extra 72 mutations ah. on top of the baseline yeah Interesting. And then did you see the one where they make music out of your genome? Yes, I did. I don't think I did mine, but I saw that you could do that. I'll, I'll put mine in here. Yeah, you can play That's it. That's what he said. Right. He did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would create this little tune. It was semi-arbitrarily, like they said, the rhythm is from your eye color and height and things like that. And pitch is from your earwax type and photic, <laughs> photic sneeze response. And the key is... Oh, my God. They have a thing for photic sneeze response? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Every time I go out in the light, I start sneezing. Every really? time. And my friend Bruce, he has a, this crazy thing where even if he looks at a light, like not even, it's not even that the light is hitting his nose. Right. But if he looks directly at it, he'll start sneezing. Whoa. I know. Yeah. Photic sneeze response is one of those things that when I first heard about it, I thought, no, that has to yeah. be like urban legend. But no, it totally works. No. Like when I have that urge, like, oh, I really want to sneeze. No, it's going to go away. I find a bright light and stare at it and boom, I'm sneezing. Oh, really? It works. Okay. Yeah. So that I'll use that as a tool 
to interesting uh, to provoke the sneeze exactly. to embrace the sneeze exactly so you played this little tune and it's this catchy little tune uh-huh. and you can like choose i want to hear it in sitar <laughs> ah. i want to hear it in the steel drums the classical guitar. Did you like it more or less than the tune that that guy played in the Sedona episode from the top of the mountain? Oh, less than what he played, but more than the little alien tone in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, Did you, you know, like it more or less than be happy <laughs> if you want to? I think that one made me laugh more. So <laughs> I, I'd, have to, I'd have to give it to the Raelians on that one. So anyways, there were all these fun little groups. And then I don't know if you noticed, like there'd be all these little like side things you could click on. Like it would ask you, do you want to find out how much Neanderthal you have in you? Did you see that? No, I don't think so. Well, I want to know how Neanderthal you are. Apparently 2.8% here. Oh, okay. 2.8% Neanderthal. Very nice. Thank you. Very nice. Uh, And they say thal, not tall. Okay. Who does? The website. We're going to get a bunch of emails from people saying, why did you not say Neanderthal? They said Neanderthal. But they were saying it out loud? Or you're just saying no, they on had the, the H? No, on the website, the... that's how it's written. Yeah, with the H. There you, you know go. what I think. What do you think? Is that whenever you're talking mm-hmm. about a disenfranchised group, you should ask them. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's so, clone them, so, recreate the Neanderthals, and then ask them. There are probably some alive today. What they that's would really to very presumptive. And they were very you. clear to say, like, it doesn't mean that... That doesn't mean stupid or brutish or anything like that. <laughs> and so it really does say that's a stereotype. <laughs> it does. It They're defending that. the Neanderthals. <laughs> so one half of the results is your health results, but also you get to learn about your ancestry. A little. A little. <laughs> well, well, it depends on, I guess, who you are and where you're from. Yeah. Because uh, for me, when you look at both my maternal and paternal line, that's how they break it down. I am all European, 99.8% European. And uh, if I... Yep, me too. And if I break it down further, they let me know that I am 47.8% Northern European, and then a big chunk of 27% non-specific European. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's a whole lot of... Uh, yeah, we don't know for sure, but you're from Europe. Uh, and then 22.9% Ashkenazi. So that did confirm, and it was through my mother's side... That uh, sure enough, I am Jewish through my mother, so I can claim Israel as my homeland. Oh, right. And then a wee little bit of Eastern Europe, but 0.2% unassigned. So I'm just European through and through. Okay. But they actually go in and they say where this particular haplogroup originated. Oh, it started 50,000 years ago, and then this particular strain that you're in started 20,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago. And that's all pretty cool. But then they'll also tell you celebrities that you're related to on either side. So on my mother's side, Katie Couric is related to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you do look a lot like her. <laughs> I guess so. And I'm from the same haplogroup, which is... <laughs> Mike Nichols. Mike Nichols, director of The Graduate. Working so girl. So random. Regarding Henry. I know, totally random. <laughs> oh my God, he directed Working Girl. You should just bring that up. Just say I'm related to the director of Working Girl. So he and girl. I both on our maternal line share the haplogroup K2A2A. It's 35,000 years old. Yay, us. And then my dad's side, 
I'm from the R1, B1, B2, A1, A2, D group, and that means I'm somewhat related to Malcolm Gladwell, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> All right. And even more directly, Mario Batali, who I'd never heard of before. He's a chef. I don't know who that is. He's uh, one of those like okay. TV chefs or something. We're like going to get in trouble for neither of us knowing who that was, but okay. Yeah, I'm sure we will. So um, that was pretty fun. Cool. I I just barely looked at this because I wasn't that intrigued by it. It just it told me also that I was like ninety nine point eight percent European. Okay. And then it also said basically like all the white people are pretty much this. And then it also apparently can't for persons of Asian descent. It will also give them that result because it can't get very much more specific. Right on certain pieces of it. Well, what would have been really cool is if we'd clicked on this and found out. Oh, I'm part Native American. Yeah, and I didn't. Oh, it know did it. actually say that I was part Native American. What? Yeah. Okay. How much? <laughs> like it's less than a percent, I think. Okay. Well, I don't even have that. So. Oh yeah, well, hey. There you go. Get off my land. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. That's interesting. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. All right. You know, there could be a big secret. Like, you might find out that you were adopted because you that's true. send in for your results or and you're not you're, matching. Or, like, your paternity. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, if that you're not, happens. If you're not matching your family story. So, in this case, all my family stories checked out that I'm English and Scottish and Irish and, oh, okay. and Jewish and so all that stuff. you don't need to write an angry letter to your mom. Right, exactly. Or a sad letter to your dad. Right. But yeah, you might find out something very interesting about yourself. And and then in that area, they have this form for you to go and like find people that are related to you. Yes, which and I tried to do. And they were like, nobody wants to tell you. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I, I went in there a few days after they had told me I had results. And so I finally go in there and I already have two messages from fifth cousins. Yeah, I had that too. Yeah, from third or fifth or and far away you, cousins. But then I said, sure, tell them my stuff. And then I've got nothing back from them. Well, like they give you a little form like to write a message. And mm-hmm. so I wrote them letters and I was like, what do you write to like? Do you write letters or are you like? I wrote like a little email I blurb. Miss saying, you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> No. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. Is like, what do you write to somebody? Because this is also arbitrary. Right. Yeah. And and I think that's a really important thing to be aware of is that this is following your matrilineal line and your patrilineal line, you mm-hmm. know, up in either direction. But that's ignoring all the other family groups that are interspersed into what makes you you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got your father's 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 father on one side and your mother's 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 mother right. on the other side. And so, you know. But not your dad's sister's. Exactly. Yeah, so well. that's where you need to. Yeah. Your dad's mother's dad's right. mother's mother, you know, which mm-hmm. is just as relevant to who right. you are in terms of genome mixing. So, yeah, again, take that with a grain of salt. It's just those are easy ones to follow. Don't take it with a grain of salt if you have an increased risk of hypertension. (laughs) Right. Check check (laughs) your results and then see whether salt is appropriate Mm. for you. Thank you, Carrie. You're welcome, Ross. Really appreciate that. No problem. I have an increased IQ. (laughs) (laughs) Increased. Oh, that's weird. Increased obnoxiousness. Huh. Increased OQ. And so I responded to them. We'll see what I hear back. And then also, if you want to, they they help you refine your results by having you answer a bunch of questions. And you could answer these forever because they've just got hundreds and hundreds of questions about, you And not just refine your results, but help the results get smarter, help the whole system get smarter. Right, to kind of link, yeah, your genes. Oh, which reminds me, Ross. Yes. I didn't say. 
right. That my results also said that I had an increased risk of migraines. And as our listeners know and are sick of hearing about, I get migraines. And (laughs) it also said, this is maybe my most exciting result. I can't believe. Everyone stop everything. I'm stopped. I cannot adequately process caffeine. Whoa. Which explains why I can only drink decaffeinated hot drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, I process it way slower than everyone else. And so it has like a a way more potent effect and it gives people heart attacks and anxiety and panic attacks. And, you know, this is funny, though, because we're we're wandering into the realm where you get with psychics where you get all enthusiastic because they're telling you things you already know about yourself. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> but but I didn't know that that was why. I just thought like, how does anyone handle caffeine? <laughs> oh right, now yeah. you realize. Oh, it's it's me. I have it's this m- thing. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. legit. Cool. So that's that. That was exciting. That was a super duper hit because that's not not a very common thing apparently. Yeah. I want to mention that usually when we're looking at fringe science or we uh, tend to look at those paranormal, things. Yes. Yeah, when we look at all that stuff, we're usually encountering a pretty zany claim. Yes. And oftentimes finding that there isn't a lot to support it, but sometimes we find that there is. And in this case, we came to this and we said, okay, this is still kind of fringe just in that it's not widely adopted and used. Mm. Um, And the claim at first blush sounds pretty outlandish, but it still might be supported by evidence. And I, I mean, I feel like this came out pretty well i mean we'll get to the scientific ranking but i feel like it came out pretty well in the um evidence category yeah that where it felt fairly certain it it was correct you made the point earlier you know what are the chances that you could send your spit to a a psychic and they could tell you your hair color and straightness and eye color and all that right and then for each claim that they make each time that they say well with pretty with relative certainty we can say that you have this much risk of colorectal cancer if you click on that it'll show you the exact studies to back up their claim yeah there's certainly science right and yeah they're bending over backwards to say these are percentages here's what we know and what we do not know here's why it will get more accurate over time etc so sorry, sorry that we don't have anything too zany to report on this one, but yeah. it just appears to be legit. But we have sorry, lots of, guys. We have lots of interesting stuff about ourselves, I guess. And an encouragement to you, if you're interested in learning this kind of stuff about yourself, yeah. to uh, submit as well. So before we move on to our ratings, we have some donors to thank. Starting with the very patient Jim Vitifer of Phoenix, Arizona. Jim! Yeah, Jim! Thank you. And Joanna Rutkowska from Sweden. Uh, Martin Dempsey from the UK. Good old Martin. Randall Raymond from Evans, Georgia. Gail Knapp from Las Vegas. Rebecca Stowe from Australia. Simon Gibson from the UK. Robert Martin from Linwood, Washington. Stephen Kozlowski from Athens, Georgia. And Daniel Oyen from Norway. Some idiot named Brian Hart from Marina Del Rey. I know that guy. (laughs) And Michael McGee from Brooklyn. And finally, Nathaniel Miller from Portsmouth, Virginia. Thank you all. Thank you. You know who else comes from all over the world? Uh, Mosquitoes. We do. We come from all over the world. Oh, like our our origins. Ancestry. Yes. Nice segue, Ross. What do you think? Good time. Pretty good, huh? Really good. All right. (laughs) Or all over the cosmos. We are star stuff. Whoa. Whoa, that's deep. That's that's a little deeper (laughs) than I was planning to go. That's what she said. 
All right. So, Ross. That's me. What would you give genotyping on a pseudoscience scale where one is something very scientific, like that we've evolved from and we're no that we're that we're related no no that back in time we're related to the neanderthal the neander the the to them Uh uh-huh and 10 is something (laughs) monumentally unscientific like you're the uh you're 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 made of goat sperm well my tests have shown that my genome is not made of goat sperm. And so uh, we're going to wander away from the, the 10 side of the scale and head over towards the Neanderthal uh, relation side of the scale. Yeah, I, I would I would call this very scientific. Obviously, they don't have all the answers yet, but they, they realize that, uh, these 23andMe people. So I, I'm going to give this a, I'll, I'll say 1.5, just because there's uncertainty there and people could take things the wrong way I'm, I'm not saying it's the service's fault there's a lot more knowledge to be gained but this is a really cool pointer towards the future of medicine mm-hmm. how about you what would you give that on a pseudoscience rating yeah i think i'd be pretty close to you i might give it a uh, a two just because and and i agree with you that this isn't necessarily the fault of the service but they could maybe be a little more careful with it is that things that you do have a low confidence on mm-hmm. might not even be worth mentioning. mentioning at all. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, and that's hard to decide on, I'm sure, when you're talking to the general public and you're saying, okay, well, will the general public understand this or should we just give the information and let them do with it what they will? And that's a hard call to make. Yeah, I, I can think of a few people who would run a little too far with these results one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So the important thing is to just be aware of probabilities and... And, you know, what numbers actually mean. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, still I'd say a two, which is quite low, of course. Yeah. So then, Carrie, what would you give gene sequencing on a pocket drainer value where 10 is something incredibly pocket draining, like like going to Legoland? Yeah. I like, right. I like Legoland. How much is that? But it's really expensive. It's like $100 per person for okay. day. Something like that. Okay. And one is something not at all pocket draining, like walking your dog around the block. Well, on your scale, Ross, I would have to give it a 10. It's it's $100. Fair enough. It's the same as going to Legoland. That was a bad bad scale. But um, You get the intent of it. Yeah, I do. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would still give it pretty high just because I can't really say you're going to save money on this in in all likelihood. Unless you find out something like, I have the BRCA gene. I really need to be tested for uterine cancer every year or something like that. In which case, it might save your life. It could, yeah, save your life. It could save you money. I didn't feel like most people would get much more out of this than satisfied curiosity. Yeah. So, yeah, hard to say, but I mostly feel like it's mostly just like incredibly cool piece of information. So, but that said, Legoland doesn't give you a lot. So, <laughs> I'm going to say a six. It's still, it's, it's an expensive thing. Okay. I couldn't afford to just go around giving it to my friends. Yeah. And let me be clear Legoland is fun. Okay. <laughs> We're not Legoland. Please still sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, not knocking Legoland. I love Legos. Okay. You know, I'm I'm going to give it just a little lower. I'll say a four. But mm-hmm. yeah, certainly it is uh, an expense, but that expense is coming down all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like they're keeping it artificially high. And it, it's really interesting information. It's, you know, just really fun to kind of know a little bit more about yourself. So for people who are interested in genealogies like Mormons, 
Mm-hmm. I think a good use of money. I think it would make like a really good gift for people. Like, Definitely. If there's someone close to you, that would be a really good gift to get them. Yeah, it's very neat. Now, Ross, I'm just curious. So when you're thinking about pocket draining value, do you, you're not only thinking about how much it costs, but whether that cost is worth it? Is that yes. part of your calculation? Right. So yeah, I'm thinking that that's actually a worthwhile investment. Sure. And, okay. and it's also helping everybody. You know, there was like a commercial where I think Muhammad Ali was trying to encourage people to sign up for the service and do this because the more they know about everybody's genomes, the more we know. The more it can become life-saving. Exactly. So mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So what would you give it on a creepy ranking? No. Or- okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Where 10 is something incredibly creepy. Like You, you plan this. Like. Like. You wake I'm up I'm peeking one between my You wake my up here. one morning, and instead of teeth, you have tiny little penises stall through your mouth. Oh. <laughs> okay. And one is something not at all creepy, like brushing your actual teeth. I'm going to give it a, you know what, I'll say a three because it registers on the scale because, you know, this can plant ideas in your head and kind of make you think about uh, what you may or may not have. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I I think you need to be your own best judge what, you know, how you can handle this kind of information. Mm -hmm. I can see why they put all the disclaimers because some people might worry unnecessarily. So that's where the creepiness might come from. Yeah. For for me personally, one, like Mm -hmm. none of this bothers me. How about you? What would you give it on a creepiness scale? Yeah, I I do feel like this is the only place that this really might get a negative value because definitely like, the one thing you do walk away from it saying might have been bad about the experience is if you didn't want to know that you have twice the risk of Alzheimer's or whatever it is. Right. So that's, yeah, I mean, like, I would call that a little creepy, but it doesn't keep me up at night. So, Same here. Yeah, Same here. 2.5. Okay. Uh, what would you give genotyping on a danger rating? Where 10 is something incredibly dangerous, like, you know, where you juggle with sharp objects, but also bowling pins. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sharp objects would be fine to mm-hmm. handle on their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's dangerous. But with the mm-hmm. bowling pins, it's just throwing it off because things weigh differently. Sure. Okay. That's, so that's a 10. I mean, the last time I did that, I got hurt. Oh, and, and also something that's on fire as well. Okay. Okay. And then a one would be something not at all dangerous, like... Picking out a tomato at the grocery store. Mm. Is it a GMO tomato? Yes. Again, I mean, like anything, every every single thing we do, we can think of some way that someone could screw this all up and make it dangerous. <laughs> you know, palmistry, someone could turn that into a dangerous thing by taking it too seriously. Yeah. So I can imagine how someone could make this dangerous. You could look at your results and say, oh, no. I have, or oh yay, I have a decreased risk of hypertension, so I'm just going to fill my arteries with cholesterol and salt. Right. Oh, I'm not going to get overweight. I can eat everything I want. Right. That would be pretty dumb. Yes. But it is a thing you could do to make this dangerous. But I I don't feel like that's necessarily inherent in the service, Mm -hmm. so I'm not pretty worried. I would say your danger rating is is a one. Okay, negligible. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to say... Pretty much the same. I'll say 1.5. You know, of course, we're trusting that the service is giving us honest results. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly you could mess with somebody by giving them the wrong results. And a lot of people are worried about 
the implications of their information getting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so that True. would be a danger if yes. that were the case. So there, there's a fair amount of trust implicit in this whole yes. process that their database is well protected and all that mm-hmm. and that you care about keeping that pr- protected. But yeah, for, for me personally, I'll, I'll say 1.5. Okay. Well, it sounds like a pr- overall a pretty good experience. Yeah. I, I recommend this for people. Yeah, yeah, I would too. Um, if you've got you've got the dough. Well, that's it for our show. Our executive producer is Ian Kramer, and our producer is Brian Thompson. You can see more of what we do, including photos of our investigations, at onopodcast.com or facebook.com slash onrack. That's O-N-R-A-C. And a special thanks to Trent Brusky for the lovely music you've heard. You can find out more about his science-inspired music at dropfoxsound.org. And our theme music was written by Brian Keith Dalton of Mr. Deity fame. And before we go, here's a helpful warning from 23andMe.com. Our perception of Neanderthals as big oafs is clouded by our own notion of superiority and pop culture caricatures. How we are different and why modern humans survived and Neanderthals didn't is still mostly a mystery. 